Amen. Supernatural trust, that's uh, faith in action for the child of God. You're either your best coach or you are your worst enemy. Faith, faith is kindled in all of us. I, I know what it means to face giants that you don't know how to deal with, giants that intimidate, giants that aggravate, giants that have the potential of turning your world upside down. One of the smaller giants has been my, uh, my eyes and uh, this lens, as you know about, uh, in the back of my eye that lets me read came loose. And then it broke loose, so it's floating around in my eye in there somewhere. And as I lay back or go down, uh, I can see it moving. And so I've had to put on these Walmart specials. You know, I think they're 10 bucks or something like that. Put them on, and I know I look just stupid. But I need to be able to say three fingers there. But so it's appointment after appointment, and, and there again today, so waiting for surgery, cancer in the nose got in the way, one thing after another. So it's been quite a journey. It's been aggravating. It's been nauseating. It's been difficult. It's just been like prod, 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 prod. And you know what? You have the propensity to say, I'm so stinking tired. I am fed up with this, you know? Well, what are you going to do? What path does that take you on? Does that take you to the path of healing? Does that take you to the path of frustration and no return? Frustration and anxiety will take you nowhere. So you have to determine what path do I need to take to get hope? So you deal with it every single day. You learn to deal with it every day. You say, I know that's there. That is a pain. Let me say yard talk, a pain in the patoot. You say, here we are. So today, back again. Doctors wouldn't agree, back again. So bottom line is this, July 31st, I have two surgeons. We'll, uh, so you're going to be, is it a local? No, I'll be put to sleep. And two surgeons that will come, and they will go in the back of my eye and fish that wandering lens out. And another surgeon will come and replace another lens with a laser in the front of the eye. So asking for your prayers about 4 o'clock, July 31st. That's the way it's going to be. And then we're going to be able to move on. He said, oh, by the way, Reverend, there is a 5% chance that your retina could tear again, and you'll be down for six weeks. I said, let me see the odds here. 5%, 95% it won't happen. How many is going to go 95% it won't happen with me? Let me see your hand. And so there, there you have it, and I'll be able to get rid of the Walmart specials. Many people do not like them, and some people are vocal about it. And I want to talk to you. The Christian life uh, is never a boring experience. I've been doing now for 50 years, a lot of ups and downs and a lot of great difficulties. Faith, of course, in my life and your life is important because here's what God says. It's impossible to get God's favor without faith. So if you were to look at your life and you were to look at the little things that I'm talking about in my own life recently, and you were to say, do I have any faith? Faith in the possibilities. To say I don't have faith 
causes my behavior to react in a negative way. I will follow unbelief. I will behave in unbelief. I will will behave in fear. I'll behave in anxiety. I'll behave in all of those things unless I choose to behave in faith. Faith says there is a chance. Faith says there is hope. Faith said this too shall pass. Faith says I've faced tougher things before. Faith says God's going to get the honor and the glory. You see, faith is believing in that which we cannot see, and we know that. And we know that the human mind, however, says, but I want to see before I believe. The human nature is, hey, I've got to figure things out for myself first. I've got to walk only by sight. I've got to trust only in the tangible what I can touch. I, I can only walk the path of the proven. So I'm going to suggest to you that the next time you face a giant or little giants or little old aggravating giants, that, that you make your mind up how you're going to respond to that. And you're going to say, because God said there's one person that is endowed with faith in your own situation, and that happens to be you. And faith is wide open, and faith is daring in every single regard. What's the enemy try to do? To push us down, aggravate us, discourage us, bring depression to us, to bring anxiety to us, to bring fear into our lives, to endeavor to do everything that we see, the total opposite of what it means to say, oh, yes, I can, God. So I want to give you three simple points here tonight before we dive into prayer. Number one, you know this for a fact, God works for our good. Would you say that with me? God works for our good. If you believe that, why don't you raise up your hand? God works for our good. You really believe that? God works for our good. So when I say to the surgeon that says, we're going to have to put the surgery off. Oh, I know, but God works for our good. Oh, but listen, Reverend, it might be 5%. It's going to tear. I say, no, what I know, God works for our good. But here's what I have to believe. If the 5% becomes a reality, I still have to believe God works for our good. Everybody with me? In every single situation, it's not the result that matters. What matters is your trust and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So here we go, Romans 8, 28, very familiar, prolific writer in the Apostle Paul. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Paul offers this immediate presentation of authority, and it is this, and we know, and we know, and we know. You've ever had those situations in your life that you can't prove it, but you know? Anybody out there? This works better with women. I can't prove it, but I just know. I don't know, but I I just know. Some things you say, that's just not right. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying to us. And we know. He says, when you run into challenges in your life, and barriers, there is something supernatural in you that is born by faith that you need to believe this. You know, you know. You know the devil does not have the key. You know the devil does not have the power. You know the devil does not have the influence. You know in your deepest, deepest part of your heart, but the enemy will try to persuade you that you don't know. And how does he do that? Look at the reality of what's happening before you. Focus on the giant. God says, Paul says, hey, there's something in you every single time that you know that God is able. 
You see, you may not have chosen to practice or embrace that truth, but he's saying that's deep in our heart. And God, in all things, God works for our good. What does that mean? God says, I have a track that your spiritual life is on. And he says, you know when you're on that track, and God is the premier architect of that track. He's the engineer of that track. He's the one that put it into place in your life. And as long as your life stays on the track, how does it stay there? By faith. As long as I keep my life on that track. Satan, I rebuke you no matter what I see. As long as I keep my life on that track, God, results is not what matters. What matters is your hand is on me. As long as your life stays on that track, here's what he says. You will have the security of knowing God will direct you and that that track will lead you to purpose. And with that journey with God on that track, we have the security of Almighty God. Three things happen. <laughs> Here it is. Number one, he prevents. On the track, acting in faith, believe in God no matter what you see, no matter what you experience, believe in God. Here's what he says. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers under his wings. You will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Do you know that? Do you believe that? When the enemy comes at you with a sword or a spear or a giant, do you believe, oh no, I'm on track. I know my God is able to prevent that circumstance from overwhelming me. If you do not believe that, you will be a victim of whatever the enemy wants to do with you. Here's another he protects. He protects a thousand may fall on your side, 10,000 on your right hand. But let's read the last part together. But it will not come near you. You believe that? Well, it has before. It'll not come near you. It has before. Listen, if God wanted to, you to be taken out, he could do that right now. If God wanted you to evaporate, he could do that right now. He says, hey, there may be all types of clamoring voices out there, all types of challenges, a thousand on your right hand, but it will not come near you. So when they say there's 5% chance that retina will tear, that's an immediate emotion. You have to capture that, not based on percentage, but based on this, I know, devil, that you'd like to function in that 5%. I know you'd like to come against me and that play your game in my head and my emotion. But here's what I know. My faith is I'm on track. And I know that I am protected by God. And I know that no matter what happens, He will help me overcome. Number three, He, uh, he perseveres. He preserves and he perseveres. He said, you know, as 7,000 in Israel whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and all whose mouths have not kissed him. We know that that was a big old problem for Elijah. Now what I'm trying to sum up this, it doesn't matter what you're facing now. 
It doesn't matter what you have faced in the past. You have to come to grips if you expect to live a life filled with joy. God, that's what I know. That's what I believe. That's what I claim for me. That's where it's at for me. I stand on that word. I stand on it. On the video that some of you saw and the taping that we went down to Arcadia, and, and I, I wasn't in control of any of that. I just did what they said and got in the car, and we took off down to Braden and took off over to Arcadia, and they said, where, were the, where are those Australian pines at? Well, there, there are no Australian pines there now, none whatsoever, uh, none. It's a, it's a city block. There is a church on it now, and we bought, we bought that city block. But at one time, there was just a stand of pine trees and nothing but shrubs and trees and, and, uh, and uh, Australian pines out there. And I thought, when I had a chance to buy that property for the church to be able to grow, I got a lawyer. I got a lawyer, and he said, Pastor, pro, pro bono. Pro bono. Oh, I, that's, that's good. Pro bono. That means I'll do it for nothing. It's in an estate and it's tied up there, and he says, I'll, I'll get it through the estate for you. Well, we waited six months. You know how patient I am. I called him about every other week. How are we doing down there? You know, how are we doing down there? I dropped by. I mean, if you live in Arcadia, you don't have to go out of your way to drop by. You know, anywhere you are, you're just dropping by. Back then, I dropped by. How's it going? Etc. Etc. He was Presbyterian, wonderful man, of course, and attended the Presbyterian Church. Finally, he said to me, "Boy, Reverend, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it." See, to him, it was a pro bono deal, but he had no heart into it. He just wanted to help a preacher and help a little church, you know, and get the property. So, you know, we'll we'll do that. But he didn't have the vision that I had, and he said, "I don't I don't think it's going to happen." Well, I went straight back to my office which was about the size of this pulpit. And I went out and I hugged a pine tree. I fought lies of the enemy. I had a financial investment in it. I hugged up to it, holding on to it. I, I know I look weird. I didn't worry because it was right there at a four-way stop. Pray, God, this is yours. You promised me. This is where it's at. I'm believing you for this. I'm asking you for this. Time would go by, i get another no. i go out, hug the, hug the Australian pine, hug up to it. i said, God, this is your property. It, it belongs to you. Finally, over a period of time, I think it was like two and a half years, two and one half years, he called me one day. He said, I don't know what happened. In the midst of that, one of the people in the estate sent in a false bill of about $20,000 saying that they hauled dirt in on that property 15 years before that, and they had never been paid. So they filed a lien on it. Reverend, we got a lien that just came up. I said, is it a real lien? He said, well, it's, you know, it's a lien there. I said, what are we going to do? He said, well, I'll, I'll check it out. I said, let's join and pray. We're going to do what, Reverend? Let's join and pray. We believe God now. One more thing. Here's, here's what I'm suggesting to you. When you have faith to walk with God, you have to be fluid and active in claiming your own victory. 
You have to be fluid and active and say, Satan, I'm going to do everything I can to defeat you. You do not need to hear yourself speaking words of negativity, speaking words of evil. You don't need to hear yourself talking about, you need to talk about God. This is your battle. You'll fight. You see, friend, when we walk in faith, it moves mountains. It stays the hands of the enemy. Malachi 3, 11 and 12 says, and I will prevent pest from devouring your crops and the fields in your field or vines in your field will not cast their fruit says the lord almighty you have to stand on that from which i know so that day came here we go sign the deed it now belongs to us how wonderful is that wow the very first time he said reverend I don't think it's going to happen. I had to choose. Not a board member, not a church business meeting. I had to choose, and I chose and said, oh, no. Because I know that I know that I know. You got to get your no up and running. Number two, you're a part of a divine plan. Your life is not some tangled mess like a jigsaw puzzle. You think you're in control of your life? If he is the Lord of your life, you're no more in control of your life than anything. If you lean on God, God says, hey, I'll take you over the mountain in the valley. Don't get worried wherever you find yourself. Romans 8, 28, who have been called according to what? His purpose. Here we go. Let's talk some more. We get into the altars in a few minutes. If we believe that God is preventing, protecting, and preserving, because we love him, then why? Why? Nothing sneaks up on God. No problem, no giant sneaks up on God in your behalf. Things don't just happen that cause us a surprise for God. Whatever challenge you're facing right now, I want you to know that God knew about it at the very beginning of time. And not only that, he has a solution for it. But here's where it's at. You play a part. How do you behave? How do you react? How do you respond? And if we believe that, you have that distinct person. I ask this question, what have you done that you believe in and that you are proud of as it relates to exercise of faith? What is it that you've done said, God, that was out of the ballpark that I've done. I stood strong, and I, I would not be shaken. My faith is strong. I remember that I came through that only because I stood strong. What's wrong with doing that again? <laughs> the faith walk starts with love. It's not a shallow love. It's not one that's required or demanded. It's a love that is passionate and can't be contained. Cannot be contained. Cannot be contained by boundaries or discouragement or pain or apathy. It is a love that's beyond belief and understanding. You see, that's the kind of love that God has for you and for me. That's the kind of love when people are in love. Individuals say, hey, you know what? Your kids, you love your kids. How many love your kids? How many it's questionable today? You love your kids. What is it that you wouldn't do for your kid? Well, let's go a step further. How about grandkids? What is it that you wouldn't do for your grandkids? Just tell me, what is it you wouldn't do? 
You wouldn't stand in the way of a car, <coughs> jerk them out of the way, and take their place knowing that your life would be in danger to spare them. Anybody in their right mind with the love of Jesus Christ and the love of their grandkid would do whatever it takes. So what does the devil try to do? Feed us a superficial love that says, oh, I love you, that has no substance. That is based on circumstance. If God looked down upon you right now, the way you're managing situations in your life, what would he say about your love for him? What is it? You don't trust me? Are you letting yourself be a nervous wreck? Are you letting yourself go through that when you know that the supreme ruler of the universe, that's who I am, that I have a divine purpose for you? Can somebody talk to me tonight? It's been three weeks since I've been here. It's the love that is beyond belief. You see, no track is valued unless it has a purpose. I have a purpose for you. Sometimes God patronizes us. And that the fact to believe that it's all about our plans. You know, God, I got this plan. It is. I had someone tell me just before church tonight as I was talking with, but I, I have all these dreams and all these plans, and it, it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. Why do you want to say that? Why do you want to say that? You're not 200 years old. You're 25 years old. And you think time's going to run out for the Lord tarries? You have plenty of opportunity for those plans to come to pass. But you know what's really good? What's really good is when God steps in and said, I want to show you something that you did not know about the plan you were living. I just stepped in and energized it. You know that happened to us? I remember, you know the story, the story of when we decided to build here. I'd set prerequisites down, talk to the board, said before we ever start construction, we're going we're gonna to have, I'm not, I don't feel good in my heart unless we've got a million dollars in the bank. I know what it's going to take to build it. Million dollars, we're going to get there. Little by little, we began to creep up. Finally, that million dollar day came. And I said, okay, we're good to go. That's a small down payment of what it costs to build this facility. We're getting into a capital campaign. But as I felt that, I've told you before, a major person that I respect, Pastor, are you sure? Are you sure this is what we need to do? Are you sure this is what you need to do? Are you sure, Pastor? Well, because of my respect for that person, I went back to prayer. I said, all right, God, you're not playing games with me. If this is not your will, you take this away from me. But if it, if it is, don't let me be afraid. Don't let me be afraid. Two weeks went by. I was more sure then than I was to begin with. And I said to them, you know, I appreciate your concern. I appreciate your love. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate your friendship. But I know that I know that I know. You will never be able to stand and say you know as long as you're wallowing in the pit of despair and unbelief. Who rules in your life? It has to be God if you expect to enjoy the victory. So what happened? Dedication day or a week or two before or after Dr. Gill comes. He stands in this pulpit. We still owed him 800000 on that far piece of property. No one knew. He says, you owe about 800000 on that property. 
But today I'm marking it paid in full. You don't owe any more on that property. Can I tell you something? May I suggest to you that that would have never happened unless you're able to jump over the challenge because you know and continue in the vein to believe God for what he desires to do. When you do along the way, God will surface a miracle that you don't even know about. Somebody say amen. And it's amazing how he does it. And then let me get the next point, and it's important. You and I will be sustained by God's power. And as I get to that, you remember the story of Joseph, of how he was a dreamer, sold as a slave, and believed to be dead years in prison. You know what? He never lost it. He never one time turned his back on God. He always believed, always walked that way. And when finally he had the meeting with his brothers, remember Genesis 45, verse number 7? He said to his brothers who, scare, who are afraid for their lives because they did wrong, you know what he said? Hey, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. Had Joseph one time vacillated one time not believed one time that statement would have never been written so you see in your hands and in your heart because this is real life is real and for those of us who are believers life is spiritual warfare it is spiritual warfare it's not, it's not all comfort and all the things I want. Sometimes God will smack you in the face and get in your way and say, change your plans. Change them. Change them. And you have to be fluid enough to know, God, this is what you want. Be sustained by God's power. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say in response to this? Let's read it together. Can we do that? If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you believe that? Amen. Now let me encourage you. If you came in that door with a stinking attitude, can I just tell you straight up, get rid of it. If you came in that door half full in your spiritual barometer, get filled up tonight. Well, that takes some time. No, it doesn't. The anointing of God can fall on you and fill you up just like that just like that you don't have to leave here with your hands hanging down you don't have to leave here pulling your hair out you don't have to walk out that way our lives and our work are not flesh and bone and blood it's not wood hay or stubble our lives are in Jesus Christ and it has purpose and God says hey I have anointed you and adopted you anointed and adopted you see, because it is spiritual, which notes eternal value, we're going to face opposition. You can, you can expect the unexpected. Don't ever think for one minute that the enemy's going to give you a free ride very long. It's the opposition. What are some of those things that are opposition? They're intangibles sometime, and they can become tangible by the way you respond to them. But one is doubt. One is fear, one is frustration, one is demonic interference. Paul said, look 
the same things happened to Jesus is happening to you. Wow. Unbelievable. I could give you a, a list of challenges right now. I got in my car early this morning coming to work. <coughs> and I thought, God, I got this, 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 I got this. And I remember taking a deep breath as I sat in the car, bu buckled up, and went, Whew. And God said to me through the Spirit, what are you exasperated about? You haven't even started. Is that the way you want to start your day? You haven't even started yet. And I sat there a few minutes, and I thought, this is how I ought to start. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to be glad. I'm going to rejoice in it. I'm going to believe that God is on the throne and able to give wisdom and guidance and care. Hebrews 11, 36 what happened to some of those who went before us? Some faced jeering and flogging and chained and put in prisons. We know that. And then we know in Hebrews eleven thirty nine, 39, these were all commended for their faith. They stood strong. Even though they were sawn in two, they stood strong by the grace of God. You have a testimony that is yet to be written. It's yet to be written, and God is saying, I'm ready to write it. But I need you to respond in a way that we write a good report. A good report. Though you didn't get what you want according to these, you get a good report. Verse 40, God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they, those who died and did not see the promise, but we did. And he said, I've given you something better because you'll see the promise. What is that promise? It is the demonstration of the Holy Spirit in your life every single day. So please, those of you that are listening online, and there are hundreds of you, allow this message to seep into your spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit, take time out to respond to what God is saying to you. In one split moment, don't offer God an excuse. What God is looking for is praise. And you cannot give an excuse and give praise at the same time. Hebrews 12, 1 says, okay, since you've seen all those out of the Old Testament, and some of you can put a name. I talked to Sister Hicks yesterday. She said, oh, pastor, I can't wait to get back. Oh, pastor, she said, I've been in the choir. Oh, pastor, she said, I heard the choir online Sunday morning. I knew the song. I sang right along with them. Oh, pastor. And I said, Sister Hicks, if I had a church full of people like you, I'm telling you what, the devil would shake, run, and tremble. Amen. You know where she thinks the best place in the world to be is right here in that choir, shouting to the glory of God. Can I tell you something? The creator of the universe the life giver, the promise keeper, the one who has demonstrated his love for you and me over and over and over again is on his throne saying, what is it you want me to do for you tonight? Let me see your behavior. Let me see your love. Let me see your demonstration. Let me touch you with a supernatural anointing and he'll do it by his power. Somebody say amen. Joseph told his brothers, he said, hey, gentlemen, don't be distressed, don't be angry because you did what you did in selling me. But when you sold me, what you did not know, 
is the hand of Jehovah was upon you without your knowledge. And when you did it and you meant evil, God said, that's just the beginning of a great book of future promises. So Joseph said, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. So can I suggest to you, your response has the ability to bring life to others or maybe bring death. Let's bring life. Let's know that we know. Let's stand together by the grace of God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the abundance of your love, the power of your peace. I thank you because I know that you're in this house and I know there are miracles here. I know there are opportunities for you to do supernatural surgery in the lives of some. God, I curse the devil, his influence. I curse in the name of Jesus Christ by the authority of your word. I curse every attack of the enemy, every lowball deal of the enemy. I, in Jesus' name, every emotional stirring, I rebuke it, comes from the devil. Everything that puts us in bondage to the degree we feel like sometimes we cannot breathe, I pray in the name of the Lord that be crushed and rebuked by the authority of your word. And all the little imps and all the lies of the enemy that stand on our shoulder, we rebuke them and declare to cease and desist in the name of Jesus Christ by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, while heads are bowed for a moment, eyes are closed. Maybe some of you online, you need to get your heart right with Jesus. And some of you here may say, I, I need that. I need to just clear the slate. Some of you might be here or listening online and says, you know what? I need to give myself a good swift kick in the backside. Because God, I've not been living that life of faith I have let the enemy take me like a dish rag and wring me out to where I've said I don't have anything else to give. But God, the living water never runs dry. There's always more. So in Jesus' name, let's repeat this prayer, shall we? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus forgive, me. forgive me. I have failed. I, have failed. I need deliverance. I need, deliverance. I need forgiveness. I need I need a miracle. Would you move in my life and give me a special touch that can only come from you in the name of Jesus Christ. I bow my knee, I bow my heart, and I believe by faith I will not be denied. I will live. I know that I know and that, Father God, you will receive the glory. I give it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together and let's just thank God. Shall we? <laughs> in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. What I'd like to do, we're going to go in worship. I'd like you to take these cards here. And I'd like for you to get some of them and I'd like you to take them and read them. And I'd like you to breathe life over them and say, in Jesus' name, this card will come to life because I know that I know. And if there are those of you that need prayer, you need prayer. You need prayer. And you say, you know what?
I want to take her card, but I need an anointing in my life, and I need it tonight. Two or three are going to be standing right over here to my right with a little bottle of oil, and they're going to pray for those who might come down and say, I need prayer. And I'm going to stand over there as well and pray for those who might come down in this place. There is power and deliverance. Amen. And then we'll call you back in a few moments. Let's pray, everybody. God bless you as we worship. You may get the cards.
stand together everybody how many know that you know that you know may I see your hand I want you to leave here tonight with an affirmation of faith in your life if you're leaving here without an affirmation of faith come on back down here there's no way you ought to walk out that door without knowing that you know that you know my God is able I could take an open microphone and go through this congregation right now and say tell us about this that you faced Tell us about what you face. Tell us about, and I promise you, there's a good 30 people right now that could say, Pastor, you know when, you know when that was. But here's what I do know. God's got a whole lot more stories he wants to write. Amen? A whole lot more stories he wants to write. He's still writing, but you got to know that you know. Amen? So, Father, I speak blessing and favor over this congregation, over those listening online. I speak truth and power and divine intervention. 
I pray in the name of the Lord that every lie of the enemy, every influence of darkness, every blinder that the enemy would try to bring against us, let, let us be delivered by the authority of your truth and that divine anointing tonight. So thank you, Lord, for healing people in this room, for giving that special touch over every one of these cards. We prayed by faith so somebody in this room and someone that is represented by that card is going to be healed by the authority of your word. We claim it. God, we're not going to go down the street to the liquor store and say to them, would you believe with me? They're not going to do it. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to believe with God it will come to pass. In Jesus' name, because you have purpose for us. By your authority, we claim it. And everybody said, amen. I love you, everybody. God bless you.